the North Remembers podcast. Rodgers alone to the gun. Jones motion. Snap to Rodgers. Quick toss. Jones gets a block. Cuts it back. 40. 45. 50. He's off to the races. Down to the sideline. To the 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Ryan Jones. Hello and welcome to the North Remembers Podcast, uh, October 29th edition here. I'm John Schmidt alongside Rennie Lesperance. Wherever and whenever you are listening to us, we'd like to say hello. And we got a great show for you. Rennie, it was uh, quite a week for uh, quite a few players out there who needed a big game. Uh, what are your thoughts on how everything went down this last week? Uh, some pretty good games this week. It was an interesting week to watch for the matchups. Uh, a couple close ones. Uh, poor uh, waiver wired over there. I sent them a congratulatory text. Uh, <laughs> we had gone uh, trick or treating together with families and sent them a congratulatory text when it was ninety three to ninety one, thinking he won. And <laughs> woke up the next morning and he lost by a point. Yeah. That was a good matchup. Ninety four, ninety three. Uh, some good games out of uh, Nikibus, Team Hodor's Hodor, and uh, Johnny put up a you put up a good week. Uh, Michelle's still firing at all cylinders. Tough loss for Paul. I mean, he had a pretty good team there together, and uh, you know what? You know, we'll get to these in a little bit, but you know, fun week. I think a matchup it was a good overall one, and then you kind of had the close low score with uh, you know Chili Dog and, and Becky over there. You know, 
That was kind of a barn burner at the end. It's always interesting how those low-scoring ones come out sometimes and are fun to watch. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, not everybody was low-scoring. In fact, a lot of teams were high-scoring this week. Uh, five teams with over 100-plus points. Uh, unfortunately for Elijah and the Fantasy Wookiees, uh, they were playing D-ball, who put up the league high with 119 points this weekend, and he put up 107 Uh you know, just a tough outing again where, you know, they put up big numbers and turn out, you know, not to be enough. Uh, he told me when I saw him this weekend, he can't believe that I have a chance to be in first place uh, going into this uh, upcoming week. And sure enough, I am. And there he is looking up at me and I haven't done nearly as much as he has. Uh, <laughs> in terms of points, but, you know, I mean, yeah, that's tough to lose a 107. Yeah. Tough, tough loss there. And, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it goes. And, yeah, I don't think I've broken 100 yet. So basically anyone playing, you know, <laughs> anyone playing Hollywood Hogan, you know, you get above 95, you got a pretty good dang chance of beating my team, that's for sure. You're the, you're the Miami Dolphins. Are people threatening to call their agents on you yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's asked for a trade yet. I'm still waiting. Uh, you know, everyone's for sale. Although I don't know if ESPN will let me... Uh, trade a couple of the guys i don't know why <laughs> yeah but there if it's your top draft pick you can't drop them i think that's the that's the one person that you can't drive uh, that's uh trade proof i think or drop proof, drop proof at least not trade proof everybody's tra- uh, tradable so i don't yeah. know why i would say that it's weird maybe oh yeah drop proof that's right it's drop proof so okay thank you zach Ertz. nice second round pickup <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and going back uh, to the points, I thought I was going to have the high score of the week, but then the Packers versus G- Chiefs game happened. And, uh, well, just look at these scores right here. Michelle gets 33 points from Aaron Jones. Packers running Brett Beck extraordinary, just goes off. Then Dan Zaremba gets 32 points from Rodgers in that game and another 12 from Kelsey. Most came in on that, coming on that one wide-open touchdown that he had where he did his little dance afterwards. And then uh, Nickybus gets 15 points from Jamal Williams. The second running back from Green Bay, thanks to his two touchdowns, including that just ridiculous back of the corner end zone uh, touchdown catch he had from Rodgers. So, uh, you know, it really helped those teams go off and uh, and have those big numbers this week. And like you mentioned, there were some really close matchups as well here this week. Uh, no need to look any further than the battle between, as you mentioned, Waver Wired and the Warhawks. And I thought I noticed at one point, I don't know, you told me you went trick-or-treating, Rennie, uh, and you just mentioned it, and I thought it was 93-92 when I stopped watching, and then I checked this morning, and it was 94-93. to So either I saw it wrong last night before I went to bed, or there was some kind of stat correction. I don't know. That's a good point, and I mentioned that... Uh... To Michelle as well, stat correction maybe got him, and I haven't double checked that. I apologize out there, but whatever it is, ninety four, ninety three, just inched him, and uh, you know gets that extra point over a tie, which is also important. So yeah, uh, tough, tough loss uh, at ninety at one point. Uh, certainly <laughs> a very good matchup, very good matchup, right down to the end. Those are the fun ones. Yep, and had he had uh, he being waiver wired, uh, Chris would have had Kyle Rudolph in his lineup at tight end. He only had two catches for, I think it was 19 yards, but that's one point right there. And then guess what? We have another tie two weeks in a row with the tie, so we were that close. Uh, but Cooper Cup, he was the key to the victory for the Warhawks uh, getting the, the win this week. I mean, what a game he had. Seven catches, 220 yards, and a touchdown for 33 points. Uh, the extra five-point bonus uh, for 200-plus yards receiving is what put them over the top, really, this week. Uh, uh, had that bonus not happened... They don't end up winning. So uh, the last two weeks, Cup had a combined six points, 
So it was a great way for him to get in, uh, into the Rams' bye week because he had been kind of anemic the last couple weeks before uh, putting up these big numbers. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it seems like most of Warhawks, uh, you know, excelled over projected. So besides Le'Veon Bell and, you know, with trade talks now going on with him, who knows where Le'Veon's going to be. Uh, maybe that ends up being good for him. But I, I think we were trade deadline's probably done now. But, uh, you know, it's it, it, great matchup. And Cooper Cup was the, the defining spot. And then Stafford, you know, look at him. He's been producing lately. He's putting yeah. up good numbers. Even you know, pretty solid fantasy guy. Even in the loss. Absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, the other thing that I'm really noticing here as well uh, from this last week that we kind of mentioned already was that matchup with fantasy Wookiees and D-Ball. And as I mentioned before, it was a great matchup that turned out the wrong way for Elijah, 119-107. Once again, though, the New England defense dominates, puts up 20 points for Elijah, 13 points allowed, two fumble recoveries, against my running back, one interception, and a touchdown. Uh, just a fantastic game again. It doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon. This might be the best defense they've ever had under Belichick. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt, you know, who they're playing either. <laughs> you know? That's true. You get uh, Miami, New York, and, you know, you look at Buffalo. They have a good record this year, but they, you know, their, their wins aren't against exactly great teams. So, That's you true. know, now you throw in Cleveland, who's – pretty much a train wreck all the time anyways and uh so they've had a favorable schedule and a great traffic that you know i always like to joke around that you got to play defense and, and not let your fantasy team score a lot of points well you know he's actually doing it the traditional way getting a good defense who's scoring you points and that is a huge huge bonus it's like having a kicker put up 20 points yeah it's just massive Exactly. It sure is. And I tell you, Elijah probably thought he was sitting pretty good with the defense doing what it did. And then his quarterback matchup, he actually beat Aaron Rodgers by one point with Deshaun Watson this week. So you got those two variables going for you and you got to be feeling pretty good. But the player that really put D-ball over the top this week was San Francisco running back Tevin Coleman, who I had mentioned last week during the podcast saying that that could be a big difference maker because they announced he was the number one guy. And sure enough, he acted like it. 11 carries, 105 yards with three touchdowns rushing and then another 13 yards receiving with another touchdown for 35 points uh that's pretty impressive uh really impressive well yeah a little out of the ordinary i mean good call definitely but you go week one five points two three four nothing fit you know week five 15 11 6 and then 35 bang and they just come out of nowhere and but you know He's, they say he's the man, and he's got that relationship with the coach. So I think you know, that was probably one of those draft picks where he thought it was going to be a lot better than he was, and now that he's healed up, he's probably uh, going to be a force. He sure is, and, and that team is undefeated for a reason. Their defense is phenomenal, but they uh, they can control the clock with their running game, and uh, they're, they're going to be a scary team for the NFC uh, going forward. Uh, and last thing uh, with Elijah, DeAndre Hopkins, 11 catches for 109 yards for him. So another variable in his favor, and he still loses that game. And the reason for that is it was 109 yards walking away with zero touchdowns in that game. Uh, had he take one of those to the house, he ends up winning, and he's in first place. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, that stat sheet from that game, and you're thinking the math is all wrong. You know, he's getting 33 out of Watson. You know, 16th out of Smith-Schuster with Rudolph as his quarterback, 20 out of the Patriots, 10 out of his kicker, and he loses. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a, a great effort and a losing effort. 
Sure was, sure was. Uh, and speaking of uh, almost being in first place, let's take a look at the standings review here now. So WWF, uh, as mentioned, we've had some movement now after last week. Uh, the Nature Boy Martinis, uh, my team, uh, takes sole possession of first place uh, after the aforementioned tough loss by Elijah's team there. Uh, it's uh, I feel very fortunate to be there, but I'm winning the games that I need to win. So if somebody scores 70, I'll score 72. If they score you know, 59, I'll score 61. If they score 90, I'll score 100. So I can't complain about the way my team's playing. They're doing just enough, and sometimes just enough wins you a title. So we'll see. Yeah, and you, and you took my uh, you took my strategy to heart from the last two years. Points against 616th, best in the league. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to play good defense in this league, and it goes somewhere. <laughs> you just call me the Patriots D, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Just playing the right teams every week, uh, and like the and like the Nature Boy Martinis, uh, Warhawks won two games in a row and now sit in a tie for second place at four and four. I had kind of written Will off, uh, just didn't look like the team was going to be producing the way he needed, and now uh, he's right there, one game away from the division and right out of the wild card race as well. And, and then you look at a team that has no name, the least amount of points, the entire you know, season, it, she's only three and four. That's one and a half game, three, four and one, one and a half games out. She's yeah. right there. You know, you, you get on a run with some of those players that she's got and uh, she could be stealing that division. So that thing's coming down to the end for sure. It'll be interesting to see how that thing fares out. Yeah, it will. And I, uh, I'm, I'm worried about how many points Elijah's team has been putting up lately, but maybe he's getting all of his big numbers now. And then you get in, that's been his Achilles heel in the past, especially with, Drew Brees and Paul's gonna and you know with Drew Brees yourself Paul's gonna find out this year now is it gonna be the end of the season that's uh the undoing for Elijah and for well, a lot of other teams too yeah and that's one thing interesting with the season with the actual gameplay is you look at how many good teams are on the NFC they're all vying for playoff positioning yeah so that might be it might be flipped this year where people aren't getting sit you know at the end of the year so that'll be interesting Interesting storyline to play out uh, for the Fantasy League. Most definitely. And speaking of interesting stories, let's look at the ECW because this division continued to be the class of the league this week with all four teams picking up a victory. D-Ball, as mentioned, sits at the top of the division and the league with a 6-2 and two record with a season-best three-game winning streak. Haven't seen a whole lot of those three-game winning streaks from anybody this year. Uh, so D-Ball uh, really had a big win for him this week, kind of staking his claim uh, as the team to beat. Yeah, good stretch run. And you get a three-game winning streak, that's going to put you to places in, in fantasy football. And I think that, that matches the, the streak this year. Maybe Chili Dog started out 4-0 maybe. I can't remember, I, but um, it's right up there for sure. Yeah, and I know Paul had a little run there too, but I don't think anybody's done better than three. So, uh, but we'll come, if, Oh, go ahead. We'll see if he can keep it up next week. Yeah, yeah, we will see next week, especially. It'll be interesting with that matchup that he's got coming up ahead. Uh, and Mr. Sacco and Chili Dog Nelmark are sitting there. Dan's been amazing, but guess what? They're only one game back at five and three, uh, tied for the wild card lead right now. Uh, so they're 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 both sitting in good position and putting up points. Michelle, especially, uh, she's her and Dan. I think have been the uh, the top two teams in terms of getting wins and points for Elijah. It's just been that bad luck, just playing the wrong you know the wrong teams. But Michelle and uh, <clears throat> Michelle and Dan have really been uh, solid the last couple weeks. Yeah, and, and Mr. Sacco's one in points. Chili Dog is three in points. You know, yep. you're gonna you're gonna be up on the, that whisk when you're scoring that many points. Yep. So uh, he's taking a little bit of a dive here. Uh, you know, 
you know, a little bit of five, 500 football here the last couple of weeks, but he's still there at five and three, still in great position. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, with uh, the amount of points they're scoring, there is a end-of-season payout for the team with the most points, too. So uh, we'll have to start keeping an eye on that as we get closer to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm playing for now, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you're looking more at the week-by-week uh, week, uh, chances at this point, though, for <laughs> for points. But you never know, I guess. You could you could put up 200 points a couple times, and then you'd be right in it. So There, there you go. <laughs> and finally, uh, three games back in that division. Only two games back at the wild card, though, is Hodor's Hodor's. Nicky was sitting at 3-5 and five now with... Uh, the most points, uh, are, he was at the most points in the uh, in the week, and then he got passed, but 114 points. So his team, I tell you what, his wide receivers, Mike Evans, Galladay, they came up big for him. Uh, so he's sitting in a pretty good spot compared to where I thought he'd be at after the way he started. Yeah, Galladay's been on a roll lately, but, you know, like you said, two games back in the wild card, three out of first place. You know, he gets on a three-game winning streak, and bang, he's right there. Definitely, definitely. And uh, we mentioned how great uh, ECW looked this last week. Well, the same cannot be said for WCW. This division was the exact opposite. Every team taking a loss this last week. Uh, it, it really is shaping up to a two-team race right now with Tejano Superstars at 5-3 and three and Waiver Wired at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Heidi at just 2-5-1, and one, just can't get the consistency from her team on a weekly basis with all the injuries. But with the return of Adam Thielen, I think it's going to be a big boost for her against that Chief secondary. And the Vikings, just one game behind the Packers, they're playing for a lot. So I think you're going to see a, a big outing from Thielen. And then Saquon Barkley looks like his old self, but I don't know if it's enough for her to uh, to overcome <clears throat> no I, to my recollection it feels like she's kind of gotten snake bit a little bit in fantasy football the last few years had some pretty solid teams that have put up big numbers from week to week but either got injuries or just you know kind of had you know got up against a hot team and it kind of just goes that way and certainly she seems to have a better team than a two five and a one uh, but I think you're right. It's a, it's a two-horse race in, in WCW. It sure is. And, you know, rounding out the division, I hate to do this to you every week, but there you are, Hollywood Hogan's sitting there at 1-7. and seven. Once again, you put up a decent amount of points, but run into a 100-plus point buzzsaw. And I think that this week was the overall nail in your coffin for you, man, because I, I know you felt that way for a couple of weeks now, but I think mathematically we're starting to look to be that point. Uh, you have to be thinking about the last three weeks on getting your money back for the high score at this point. Yeah, it's it's over now. It's only spoiler now. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly it's... You know, just not enough touchdowns. That's really what's killed me. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's up there in a top 10 running back. Puts up consistent numbers for me every single week. But he has one touchdown through eight weeks. And that was a great week. That was a 29-point week. But that's just the story of it. Gurley gets me a touchdown every week with 30 yards. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's always that consistent 10 to 15 between those two guys. And they were, you know, my top picks. Zach Ertz is a top 10, you know, tight end with one touchdown. So you got to get touchdowns in this league, and that's the story of fantasy football. And it's nice to have those consistent guys, but you got to have one or two guys put up a big number every week. And I haven't had one, or just I don't even think I've had one over thirty, maybe once, and he was on my bench. So it's out. I mean, Hollywood Hogan is out. That's for sure. I think first one out. 
first one out, but uh, but not the last one to, to be making a trade if somebody offers it to you. We got a few weeks left here. So, uh, and, and as mentioned last week, we are potentially going to have a keeper league next year. So, careful who you do get rid of. We'll have to vote on everything and who will be eligible for the keepers and all of that. But uh, that's something down the road to take a look at as well. Yeah, I saw that uh, that question up on the league site. So, if everyone can go out and vote on that, so at least we can get the ball rolling in terms of. What are the basic parameters if we're going to go that route? And I'm not advocating for or against, but we should at least get the word out, you know, so you can plan on that. You don't make any silly decisions in the year. Yep, yep. No, no this is a no. This is a spin-free zone here, so we're not going to try to <laughs> get people one way or the other. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's stop taking. Let's take a look at the uh, the team highlight and get away from the divisions here. And uh, this week, wow. Paul and Avery, the Tejano superstars, are the featured team. And, uh, well, you know, uh, quite a year for Avery to, to join his dad to take a look at uh, the turmoil that is fantasy football and the waiver wire and, uh, and, and doing everything that they've been doing. Uh, they've been hit by some unfortunate injuries, uh, so uh, they've had to scramble a bit. Uh, it was a great pickup, though, of Drew Brees uh, ahead of everyone else. I had him on my watch list. I didn't commit, and I knew I should have when, uh, when I had him sitting there because... I knew it wasn't, you know, too long before he came back and started playing again. But kudos to Paul uh, and Avery being proactive instead of reactive there because they beat me to the punch. Yeah, and it was kind of looking like week nine-ish when they came out. So I was kind of on the same page as you, you know, kind of see how it goes. Yep. You know, you're always a little nervous with a thumb injury on a throwing hand as well. So I think he had a splint on it. Yeah. But he certainly came through for him. And, and Patty Mahomes is coming back fast, too. So he's in good shape there. He's going to have to try to bear the storm this week with Sam Darnold questionable as his starting quarterback. But if he can get through this week, he should be pretty well set at quarterback. Yeah, and a great matchup to, to have. I mean, I don't know if any matchup's a great matchup for uh, for Sam Darnold. But, uh, you know, this week they play at Miami. Uh, so if the weather's good, you know, you never you could have a freak rainstorm. I don't know. You know, you go down to Florida every once in a while, Rennie. Is uh, this time of year? What's the weather like down there? Is there a lot of rain, or is it not too bad? Uh, not too bad. Never been to Miami though, but it's it's hot. I mean, it's gorgeous. That's why everyone wants to play there. Yeah. Well, not this year, but <laughs> not this year. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know what you mean. So it'll be interesting. I'd say seventeen to twenty-five points would be. I mean, just a phenomenal week if Paul can get that out of Dar- if him and Avery can get that out of Darnold this week. Because uh, I mean. You're sitting there with Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees on your bench for a week. So uh, this is definitely going to the bottom of the barrel for your quarterback play. Yeah, and and he has a left thumb sprain, but it shouldn't be a, he should be able to play with that. I would hope so. Uh, it's a little less dangerous than a enlarged spleen from mono. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, like we said, he doesn't need a ton of ton of points from his quarterback he's solid at running back uh with zeke off of his body now james connor is questionable but with that uh ac sprain but it sounds like uh, uh he's gonna play this week according to what i was reading today but uh the area where i think they should worry the most is wide receiver uh they're pretty darn thin there any uh maybe looking to make a trade or find a diamond in the rough out there on the waiver wire because uh, sutton's only gone a couple good weeks over 10 points this year uh has averaged around seven points the other weeks uh but we saw Mecole Hardman, what he can do against the Packers. He's a game breaker, but 
Tyreek Hill is going to be back even more into the offense, I think, this week. A lot of the other people are getting back, and they're playing a tough Vikings D, so... Uh, you know, it's going to be tough to get a lot of points out of him just because how many mouths are there to feed, and he might not be one of them this week. Yeah, I think he's going to hopefully get a bigger week out of Darren Waller. It was a nice pickup at that end. You know, the, the wide receiver, you know, Cortland Sutton, you know, he's hot and cold a little bit. You know, he came along at the end of the year last year, and now you just have Emmanuel Sanders who was traded. You would think that he's going to get a lot more targets, so... You know, I think that could play out, but, you know, his quarterback situation is up in the air. Darren Waller is going to need a good week. Here we have the Jets' D against that Miami offense. And I don't know if you watched that Monday night game, but Fitzpatrick just throws it up. You know, he's giving up. He's just throwing it deep and just throwing it up. So hopefully he can get a few picks out of uh, his Jets' D. And maybe this is why he picked up the Jets' D a few weeks ago, planning for this week. Who knows? But, you know, that's a good matchup as well. So if he can get, you know, a couple extra points or a touchdown on Waller maybe sneak out a touchdown on the Jets and might make up for the wide receivers if they have a tough matchup. I I 100% agree with that. Uh, and I tell you what, I think he might be putting in a Jet to play a wide receiver this week too. He picked up Robbie, Robbie Anderson uh, when he dropped Teddy Bridgewater. May be a good one for him this week with that Dolphins D that they're playing against. And it's, you could pair him up with his quarterback as well. So uh, we'll see what he ends up uh, doing after him and Avery sit down and decide what their battle plan for this week will be. Pulling the nature boy move, putting in four or five from one team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, 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 it can work if you if you get lucky, I guess I'll put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, well, on that note, uh, good luck to Avery and Paul this season because uh, we all need good luck, especially in fantasy football. And they've definitely had some this year. I have, a lot of people have, and you sure haven't, Rennie, so... There's only so much luck to go around, and we'll see if they can keep it on their side this week as they have their quarterback on a bye and the other one injured. Yeah, and he's 5-3, and three, so he's in great shape. You know, To not only win the division, but he's right there on the wild card as well. So he's got two avenues to make the playoffs, and that's really what it matters. So, yep. Yeah. A lot to look ahead of, uh, a, a lot to look ahead for them, uh, that's for sure. And uh, speaking of looking ahead, let's look at the week ahead here. Uh, oh, one more, one more thing on... on, on, on you know, Paul's team, Paul and Avery, is, you look at the end of the year, he's got divisional matchups. Aside from waiver wired, you're looking at Heidi and, and my team, and we haven't produced. So that's yeah. a favorable result at the end of the year for him. So shaping up, he's in a good position, no doubt about it. Yeah, he is. And, and you never know with those teams, and just be careful. Uh, Heidi, if you're out of I know you wouldn't do this. <laughs> I don't even want to say it over the, the air, but if you're out of the race... Let's not let's not help Paul out at all. But I know you wouldn't do that anyway. That's just me being the commissioner, so I gotta I got I gotta put it out there. <laughs> so on that note, let's look at the week ahead. Uh, many great matchups, uh, cross divisional play again here. Uh, should shape up to be a pretty interesting week. Uh, really, it's going to shape up both the division races, but more importantly, the battle for that only one wild card spot. Uh, we're looking at Chili Dog Nelmarks. Uh, they play the Warhawks this week, five and three versus four and four. Both teams uh, kind of going in different directions right now, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that game. Yeah, I mean, very big matchup. I mean, they could be right there at the end, uh, competing for that wild card. And I'm assuming I don't know off the top of my head, but and whoever wins that would get the tiebreaker, right? Yes. Yep. Head to head is the number one tiebreaker, I believe. I believe that goes to uh, points then, and then total bench points, I believe, is the one after that for the year, are the three tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, um, 
we'll have to see what it doesn't look like what Cooper Cup's out on that matchup. He's got a buy. Yep. Um Tyler Boyd's got a buy for Chili Dogs, Gerald Everett. So but he's got McCaffrey there and Rudolph put up some points against you know Miami, so we'll see how he fares against Stafford. But interesting matchup for sure. Yeah. Definitely. So that'll be one of the great games. The other one I was really looking into, uh, another team that's kind of been going uh, the right way is Team Hodor's Hodor's as they take on the Tejano Superstars. So every week, as I said, Nick kind of was in the uh, need-to-run-the-table mode starting with last week's win, uh, and he's sitting there again. It's basically every game for him is a must-win right now just to get back into things, but he's not that far out. He's only a couple games out of the wild card right now, so a win this week would be huge uh, for him and huge for his team, and it would I think uh, they'd be in a good position then because they're starting to put up numbers, and they're no team to sleep on right now. Yeah, and the mothership has a 52% win probability for uh, team holders, holders. Um the, the tough part for him on this week, and this probably favors Paul and Avery, is the fact that Lamar Jackson, while outstanding, is playing a very, very tough New England team. And you know that coach will have that will, will have that D ready to go for a for a talent like Lamar Jackson. Oh, de- definitely. He's he, this is probably the thing that like the the few things that really gets Bill Belichick going for regular season games nowadays is playing these quarterbacks, whether it's a Mahomes, a Rogers, a Breeze, a Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. You know, it, that's you know the, that's what he lives for. I mean, he's been the defensive guy since way back with uh, Bill Parcells in New York. So. I mean, that's uh, that's his M.O. every game, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a talent like Lamar Jackson to worry about. He plays someone like the Jets and runs up the score and then <laughs> figures out, you know, cheap ways to take time off the clock by taking delay of, of game penalties at the end of the game and gets a kick out of it. <laughs> yes, so. actually, smiles. He actually smiles. Uh. <laughs> he smiles for getting around the rules. <laughs> Uh, so what else do we got for games here, Rennie, this week? We got the Nature Boy Martinis and Waiver Wired. Uh, I think that's going to be a pretty exciting matchup. Uh, hopefully there's a lot of points scored because if both sides don't have a lot of points scored, that means I got blown out because I think Waiver Wired is going to put up a bunch this week. Yeah, and, you know, we'll see. Delvin Cook can produce him, and he's been a solid pickup. He's right up there with, you know, McCaffrey's probably one. Delvin Cook has been solid there at number two. Um you know, and we'll see what Gardner Minshew can do against Houston. And I think that one is in uh, England, so it's an eight thirty start. So you got to check your <laughs> check your team Saturday night for anyone out there with uh, Jacksonville Houston players. But um, you know, DJ Chark, he's been solid. He's been a real solid player this year, surprisingly. And uh, so, a big matchup though: five and three versus four and four. No doubt about it. That that is big time implications for later on. Yep, definitely. Whether it's, uh, you know, for both of us trying to uh, either hold or get up to first place in our division or fighting for that wild card spot, as we mentioned before, because this with all the, uh, you know, five and three and four and four we're seeing out there, uh, these head to head matchups are going to make or break somebody. Yeah, they really are important. And it, it's something to remember, because at the beginning of the year, it's, it's divisional, which are huge. But divisional, you have six games. So if, if you start out poorly one and two, you can make those up at the end of the year when it comes down to crunch time. But these division ones, it's it's one and done. You know, so if you lose one of them, that could have big implications later on. But particularly like a week four or five loss when you don't think it's a big deal. Uh, next thing you know, you're at the end of the year on a wrong end of a tiebreaker. 
Yep, definitely. So it's going to be an interesting week ahead here. Uh, we, we, I think we're really going to see some some movement here. I think you can't keep having teams win and lose and win and lose. Eventually, someone's going to start going on a run. D-Ball's done that. We have a couple of us with two-game winning streaks, but I think it's just a matter of time before everybody stops regressing to the mean and people start separating themselves. So it should be, it should start this week and then work its way into division plays because it's only three weeks until division play returns to finish out the season. So uh, it'll be an exciting race to the postseason for sure. It will. And I think, you know, based on my recollection, this has been the closest fantasy football, you know, basically outside of my team, which is done. Everyone's in it really. You know, Heidi's got a tough hill to climb. But everyone's there, and you know the last few years, uh, Warhawks last year was clear favorite throughout the year. He pretty much dominated the regular season. I had a good team the previous year, two years ago. Um, you know, a couple guys that ran away with it. You know, but this year it's wide open, so that's fun. It's a lot of fun to watch, and it makes things interesting. You know, watching Miami versus Steelers. Otherwise, why would you watch that game? You know, <laughs> other than it has fantasy implication. Yeah. It's a dumpster fire. I, I wouldn't want to watch Miami if somebody paid me, unless they're paying me because I'm watching it. So, <laughs> Fitzpatrick was hilarious though that game, just tossing it up. So he cracks me up. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> well, it's magic. Uh, ex- exciting. Speaking of magic, we got an exciting week ahead, and uh, we're gonna hit up uh, our section known as Full of Schmidt here in a couple seconds. So we'll join you then. And now we'd like to bring you a little segment we call Full of Schmitz. I dress myself in transparent. I dress myself in hundred dollar freedom flag. Who made this coat? You go boss, Armani. You set up, bro. Hell, I just start Jack. You keep your mouth shut. I'm gonna go in and slap your face. And welcome to the October 29th edition of Full of Schmidt. And this week, Rennie, we got a interesting topic that doesn't necessarily have to relate to fantasy football. Uh, maybe one day it will if people are playing uh, fantasy football in this league. And that is the XFL uh, begins a uh, little about a week after the Super Bowl. Uh, and the question is, will it work? Uh, the first time around... It was an objective failure. Uh, just nothing went right from the the generators, ran out of gas, almost like it was sabotage where their feed went dead to just the play on the field. I mean, they really were just a, uh, you know, a novelty act. You have people like, uh, he hate me. That was the biggest deal that came out of there, basically. Uh, guy that named himself he hate me on his jersey uh you got the camera guys wearing pads out on the field it was definitely just a second rate version of football and i think vince mcmahon has the money to get a good production value 
uh, versus the other leagues which have tried and failed recently. But the only problem is, what is the quality of the product going to be on the field? Hey, there's nothing wrong with he hate me. <laughs> <laughs> he made the NFL. What was his he name? Did make the, he, I think he, a few years he made it. You know, there's a um, quarterback that made it too that. I forget his name. He's just on the tip of my tongue. But uh, Rod you know, Smart. Who are those players? Rod Smart. Make it. Yeah. <laughs> Rod Smart. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a joke. It was an absolute joke. And, you know, they, they, they tried to make it what it wasn't. And, and now it sounds like they're trying to make it about football. And, uh, you know, Vince is committed to doing it. So we'll see, you know, how well he does it. Yeah, I mean he's got the uh, he's got the uh, the WWE. The wrestling now is on Fox on a on a major network. Uh, they've had relations with ESPN uh, for a, going on quite a few years now, actually. And when I look at the schedule here, uh, I mean all the matchups are ABC, Fox, ESPN, ABC, Fox, FS1. Uh, so I mean they have all the they have what they need on that end. So just the the play on the field is what really what really matters. And everyone hates the fourth preseason game in the NFL. And the players that will be suiting up in the XFL will be those players who played in that fourth preseason game and didn't make the NFL team uh, or even stay on on a practice squad. Uh, and, you know, that's the games people don't like to watch in the NFL. So they're really going to have uh, an uphill climb when it comes to that. Uh, the other thing is the season starts one week after the Super Bowl, February 8th. Uh, you know, games will be played Saturdays and Sundays with two two Thursday games are going to be in April as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting because not all of these are warm weather cities either. So February 8th might be a little chilly in uh, New York and Washington, D.C. Yeah. And I saw a list of some of the players from the, the former Vikings that were going to be playing in the league. I had, hadn't even heard of half of them. <laughs> so they must have been first cuts. They didn't even make it to the preseason game. But, you know, the cold weather, I mean, boy, that's brutal. I mean, it's one thing to go to Lambo in December and January for a you know, a competitive team. But even then, you know, Lambo's so big now with, with teams struggling the last couple of years, they were kind of struggling to get those tickets sold, even for, for uh, yeah. ticket holders. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cold. And TV is easy to watch, and it's amazing with all the high definitions. So... You know, we'll see if that's going to be a determining factor, or, or is it are they going to generate their revenue from the TV, you know, advertising? Yeah, and what do you think, Rennie? Do you think that people are going to want to? Uh, I mean, a week after the Super Bowl, this season kicks off. You think people will be footballed out? I mean, people love their football in this country, but do you think that's a good time for them to start this, or do you think they should have waited a little bit longer into the spring? <laughs> that's a great question. I would assume they've done their research on it. Um, I would think, you know, how do you go from watching the Super Bowl, which is probably, you know, some of the best football that you're going to watch, um, to, to watching the XFL with players who aren't even close to that caliber. Um, you know, the one thing they got going for them is that the end of February is notoriously dead for sports. Hunter S. Thompson used to just complain vigorously about how after the Super Bowl, there's nothing for him to do because he loves sports. He loves football, baseball. There's a big lag there. You know, basketball, NHL, it's, it's you know, it's sort of that dull time of the season when you're like, all right, the playoffs need to start. So maybe they're trying to fill that gap and they might have that going for them. Um, and that's probably what they're hoping for. I guess, 
you're sitting around, you're doing stuff around the house, you throw on a game because it's live. I guess that's probably what I would do. Yeah, and it's definitely available, as I mentioned, on all those networks. Uh, so whether you have cable, local, it's a lot of it's going to be available to you, uh, John or Jane Q Public. So uh, the real heel to climb, I think, for the XFL, though, is to prove itself as you know a legitimate league instead of just a novelty like it was the first time. And we'll only get our answers once the games get underway in February. Uh, it's already getting interesting, though, uh, on the social media front with An- Antonio Brown, of all people, throwing out Twitter jabs towards the XFL. NFL, in which he said that uh, they will only last three weeks and then he will buy them out. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, no matter what happens, this new league could be appointment viewing, but at least for the first few weeks. But uh, I, I hope they're successful. Just, you know, if, if the product gets better, maybe it'll make, uh, you know, the NFL get better in certain ways. You know, I know the USFL, instant replay, a lot of these things that came out of that uh, ended up in the NFL. So even if that's something we get, uh, you know, that'll be better than having nothing, I guess. Yeah, let's hope they can figure out the the referee situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be that would be well worth it uh, just to have that happen because it's it's atrocious uh, in the NFL and baseball. I guess we saw a little bit of that too in the World Series recently, where I read an article about them going to robot umpires now. So we live in a you know instant knee-jerk reaction society too so i know you mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago about refing uh you know for youth sports it's you know it's it's a thankless job so you know it's not like we hate these people all the time but you gotta you gotta get it right when you're talking about millions and billions of dollars that these you know leagues are worth so yeah we'll see if that answer will ever be that question will ever be answered we sure will. I and mean, if there's one thing, you know, though, Vince McMahon's going to make this uh, entertainment because that's, I mean, he used to be a lot better. He's kind of gone senile recently in the last three to five years, it seems like, where he doesn't always have a grip on reality with some things. I just hope he lets the football people make the football decisions uh, when it comes to this because if not, it could be a, a very short-lived venture with the XFL. Again. <laughs> so uh, any uh, announcements you can think of, Ronnie? Uh, I think I went over everything last week I wanted to talk about, and this week I don't think there's anything uh, other than get out there and vote on that league poll on the uh, on the website. Is that anonymous too, or are you, can it's, you see who does it? It's anonymous. Good. The old uh, silent voter. Yep. The, uh, <laughs> the blind I, voter. Yep, exactly. Well, good. I got nothing else. Otherwise, you know, fun matchups coming up. And uh, keep any questions. Anyone else wants to come on, let us know. We'll scooch you in on this uh, podcast and uh, we'll sort of liven things up. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this week's show. Uh, we'll see you we'll, we'll see you all next time once again. Alongside Rennie Lesperance, I'm John Schmidt. Thanks again for joining us this week for another edition of the North Remembers podcast where we will see who shall take home the gold and become the king or the queen in the North.